I think we think that we're only afraid of failure, but I think it can be really important to explore our fears around success. Imposter syndrome relies on this supporting belief that we don't impact and influence our own performance. We forget how capable we are. We forget how determined we are. The imposter syndrome is like a fog and we become totally disconnected from the fact that we bring so much effort, so much heart, so much grit, so much resilience into the work that we do. Welcome to the art of speaking up a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jess. I'm the host and creator of this show. I'm also a coach for professional women. I am here to help you build confidence, here to help you find a powerful, effective voice in meetings and help you position yourself for growth and leadership. The mission behind my work, the mission behind this show is to help women become powerful, effective leaders and executives in the corporate space. And today I am talking about something that is so so central to that topic. I'm so looking forward to diving into this because this is something that I I can help you with so much that can make your life and career better. And what I'm talking today is this idea of asking for promotion, advocating for your own growth within your company without feeling icky, right? I think so often when you want something in your career, you experience it as a trade-off, right? Like I can ask for the promotion and I can accelerate my path to leadership, but I have to feel icky and have these really icky feeling conversations with my manager in order to accelerate that path to leadership. And what I love doing on this show and in my work is actually helping you see places where you can have what you want And there doesn't have to be this awful trade-off. And what I really want to share with you and really help you see in this episode is that with a little bit of work on your own mindset and your own internal views on what it means to ask for promotion and get promoted, it actually doesn't have to feel icky, right? So I want to create as many situations as possible for you where you can have your cake and eat it too, right? I want you to have the thing you want without the massive trade-off. Now, this isn't to say that that's always possible for every single goal that you have, that you can just accomplish the goal without any sort of trade-off. But there are so many situations where we think that (laughs) like we have to take these awful, horrible, scary actions in order to get what we want. And there are a lot of situations where actually does it doesn't need to be that way. And that is one of my favorite things to do in my work, because I feel like as women, as it is, we face enough trade-offs. There are enough situations that are hard. So why not find the ones where things can feel just a little bit easier, a little bit less painful, and we can have the things that we want without feeling like we're making a really tough, really frustrating sacrifice. So 
There are some foundational things that I need to share in this episode before I can get into like the very core of what I want to share because there are a few interconnected pieces. And I will reference some other podcast episodes in the show notes that I strongly recommend that you listen to if being on an accelerated path to promotion is important to you because I'm covering just one side of it and there are many sides that are important to understand if it's something that you deeply care about. So the first foundational thing I wanna share, and I'm not gonna go into details on the foundations, otherwise this will become a three hour solo episode, which (laughs) if you listen to the show, you probably know I'm, I'm very capable of doing that. I will keep you here for three hours listening to the sound of my voice, but that would be very difficult for me to record and edit, and it would be a slog. So we're gonna do some quicker foundations, and then we're gonna get into the meat of this episode. So foundation number one that I wanna share is that promotions happen faster. They tend to happen faster. The large majority of the time, promotions will happen faster when you are advocating for yourself, right? So you can kind of do good work and hope that you get noticed and promoted, and that does happen. That's happened to me before in my career. But I want you to put yourself in the shoes of a manager. I want you to imagine that you have two employees, let's call them Alice and Brenda, and both employees are performing equally well. They're both strong, both very similar. You have budget to promote one employee. So the next promotion cycle is coming. The company has given you budget to promote one employee. Alice has asked for a promotion and stated that she feels ready and she desires a promotion in her immediate future. Brenda has not. How are you going to choose who to promote, right? The reason that I give this example is when you put yourself in the manager's shoes, you can start to see why advocacy can become really important. Because when people are aware of what you want, A, they know it's important, right? So if they have to make decisions, they're probably going to be more likely to make the decision to promote you. And it also sends a signal to your company that if this is important to you, you might leave and go find another opportunity where you can get said promotion, right? So the manager is not only going to be more likely to promote Alice, who asked for the promotion over Brenda because we know Alice asked for it, but also they're both high quality employees. The company wants to retain both of them. Alice from what we can see, from what we know as her manager, is more likely to leave the company if we don't promote her because she's expressed that this is important to her, right? So if she's working at this company and she's not getting the thing that's important to her, then there's a higher chance she's going to leave, right? Again, this is based on the subset of information that we know about these two employees. So this is some pretty foundational stuff that I wanna share on why advocacy is important. And I also believe that advocacy for the promotion we want demonstrates our maturity to handle the promotion itself, right? It's sort of like our ability to be a leader, show up mature, have that grown-up conversation about the promotion is a massive sign of our maturity and our capacity to actually be able to be successful in the promotion, right? It's sort of like if you're you know, if you're going to advocate, you know, for something that's a bigger responsibility, but you're like, eek, I'm like scared to even talk about it. It's almost like there's a mismatch there, right? 
So it's like you're matching your leadership and maturity level to the position by being brave enough, courageous enough, and enough leadership to actually have the conversation. So not only does it increase the odds that you'll get promoted faster, but it really sends a signal about what kind of leader you are. And I think it really communicates like, hey, I'm serious. I'm willing to have this discussion. I'm willing to have this conversation. So that's foundation number one that I wanted to share with you, which is that asking, being vocal, advocating for yourself, it's all upside. There is no downside in terms of your professional growth, right? The only downside might be that it feels hard or uncertain or scary. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about in this episode. But in terms of what it does for you professionally, there is no downside to being vocal and letting your manager know, letting leaders at your company know that you have plans to grow in your career and that your desire is not to stay in your current position forever, but to evolve out of that into something where you have broader responsibilities. So that's foundation number one. Foundation number two, this is really important. So there are a lot of different reasons why asking for a promotion or having those professional development conversations, having those self-advocacy conversations might feel bad, unpleasant, uncomfortable, and or icky. I was going to say or icky, but I was like, this is definitely an and or situation, not an or situation. So there are a lot of reasons why that conversation might not feel like one that you're excited to have. What I'm going to do in today's episode is I'm going to list out the big reasons that I see, and we're going to deep dive today into just one of them, right? So it's, it's really always important for me to give you the bigger picture if I'm going to deep dive into one specific piece of it, because I think a lot of self-development content, professional development content, it, it misses the bigger picture. And I think it can get you stuck thinking, well, if I just focus on this one thing, it'll solve everything. And then it doesn't solve everything. And you think something is wrong with you, but really it's just that you're seeing one little piece of the picture, right? So I'm going to lay out the big picture So you can understand just how complex this topic is, just how much internal work is required to get to a place where asking for a promotion doesn't feel weird or icky. And then we're going to deep dive into one of them. And it's one that I think will literally change your career when you internalize it. Okay, so foundation number two is all the different reasons why advocating for a promotion can feel uncomfortable and unpleasant and or icky. So reason number one is imposter syndrome. When you have a sense that you're not competent and you advocate for a promotion, you feel a disconnect because it feels like you're not capable of the thing you're advocating for. So it's almost like you're lying to yourself, you're lying to your manager, there's this feeling of deception, this feeling of secrecy, this feeling of hiding. (laughs) Now, what I wanna make really clear with this is that having a feeling of deception and a feeling of asking for something that you're not competent enough for is not the same as actually being deceptive and actually asking for something that you're not competent enough for, right? So this is an internal experience that you might have that isn't reflective of the truth, but our feelings, just because they're not always based on the truth, they don't just go away, right? So if you experience imposter syndrome, then asking for promotion, advocating for yourself might feel wildly 
wildly uncomfortable because that faulty false imposter syndrome belief system has major implications when it comes to promotions, right? Like when you're in the matrix of imposter syndrome, when you're believing the imposter syndrome, well, I would call them lies about yourself, then of course asking for a promotion would feel awful because the imposter syndrome tells you that you're not good, you're failing, you're missing something, you're not competent. So you're like trying to have this conversation with your manager or leaders at your company in which you are demonstrating your competence while you have all of these beliefs inside you, like basically yelling at you, telling you that you're not competent. Like, of course, that would feel very uncomfortable. And I, I share this all from a lens of like, self-compassion, I encourage you to take some of these insights from this podcast episode and everything I share, I encourage you take to take them in as like, oh, that explains why it feels hard for me. Maybe I can offer myself grace, right? Maybe I can be kind to myself so that I can support myself through those hard feelings. Like that's really the intention of illuminating these dynamics is to open the possibility for you to treat yourself differently as you experience those challenging internal dynamics because that is what paves the way for change and what paves the way for those internal feelings not to feel so charged and difficult and hard. So that's reason number one, imposter syndrome. Reason number two, why asking for promotion or self-advocacy can feel very scary is fear of rejection. As soon as we ask for something, we open the door to hearing a no. And as humans, rejection can be a terrifying experience. It can bring up all sorts of feelings. It is not something that we like. It is not something that we tend to want to invite a lot of into our lives. And anytime we are gonna take up more space than we usually do, we are also opening ourselves up to more rejection than we are typically opening ourselves up towards, right? That's why taking up space is hard. That's why being bold is hard. It's the other side of the coin, right? If it was so easy to, easy to like be bold and outspoken and advocate for yourself and take up space and do all the things and take the risks, Everyone would just be doing it, right? Every, you know, who wouldn't, like, who wouldn't want to choose that, right? Especially for the women who follow my work. Like, that is what we want, right? That is the dream that we're going for. So the reason is because as soon as we expand in that way, we're opening ourselves up for people to say no, for people to have thoughts about us. They might be thinking, I can't believe she has the audacity to ask for this, like, or like she's so far away from being ready for this promotion, or just simply getting a no, right? Like you do all the work to advocate for the promotion and either it doesn't happen and you're disappointed or you hear from your manager that you're not, they don't think that you're ready for it and that brings up all sorts of feelings and the imposter syndrome just like goes wild with that and is like, see, you're awful, I told you. And so the fear of rejection, we have to be really, really understanding with ourselves that this is a deeply rooted fear that brings up a ton of feelings that we have to navigate around gently and thoughtfully. And like I said, with lots of kindness and grace towards ourselves as we're figuring out how to move forward in the face of that fear. So that's another one. There's a lot on this list. <laughs> Don't think it's just those two. There's a lot of reasons why this feels uncomfortable. Number three. Ooh, this is such a good one. I'm so excited. Number three, ready? You ready? Fear of getting the promotion and succeeding in it. Boom. I think we think that we're only afraid of failure, but I think it can be really important to explore our fears around success. 
because success, if you get the promotion and it goes well, what it's going to mean is a lot of things are going to happen that are new, that are bigger, that are expansive, that are unfamiliar, and that are scary. And the more successful you are, the more new, expansive, scary things will come your way, right? And I think part of us knows that. And part of us is like, eek, like bigger rooms, bigger responsibilities, like even imagining ourselves doing well in those circumstances, we know it's just going to invite us to grow and stretch into something even bigger. And I think the part of us that wants to stay in our comfort zone, that's afraid of that uncertainty, that isn't fully able to lean into the fact that like, no matter what happens, we've got it, we'll be okay. I think that part of us is deeply afraid of success. And I believe that the fear of getting a yes to your ask for a promotion and actually like doing well and getting on that path can be really, really scary. And it's another reason why your mind might produce discomfort when you take action to pursue it, right? Often with our desires, we want them and we don't want them. We often experience amb ambivalence. We think, no, no, I want this. I want the confidence. I want the thing. You will be fascinated if you explore this question of like, in what ways do I not want this, right? Because the truth is, all those secret ways that your mind secretly doesn't want it are working to slow you down. So until you identify them, you won't be able to see that they're slowing you down. You'll just think other things are slowing you down. It'll just be like, no, like now's not the right time. I don't know how. Like your mind will come up with excuses when really underneath it, there's a fear that's unconscious. So instead of your mind being like, hey, we're scared of succeeding, it's going to be like, it's the wrong time, but 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 like it's going to come up with lots of other things because you haven't identified this fear that's alive within you. So that is the fear of success. <laughs> and the list continues. The next one is fear of getting the role and then failing in the role. So the one that I said before this was the fear of getting the role and succeeding in the role and why that's scary. This is the fear of getting the role and failing in the role. So what if you advocate for a promotion and then you get it and then you fail in it? And I think what we do in this situation is like, we don't want to take ownership, right? So it's like, if I ask for it, the pressure to succeed in it is higher. But if I wait around and my manager just promotes me and I didn't ask, it was their decision, right? It's like, it's like when we ask someone else to make the decision, because if it goes badly, <laughs> like we don't want to have responsibility. I think sometimes we secretly think that. And I, I just want to point out that that's a thought error. A thought error is a system of thoughts that are illogical. They feel true, but when you look close, you're like, oh, that's so illogical. Because your mind thinks like, oh, if I don't suggest it, I lower the risk of what happens in my career, and that's simply not true. No matter who decides or who initiates the, the decision for you to get the promotion, whether you initiate or your company initiates, the fallout from quote unquote not succeeding is the same. Your mind thinks it's like mitigating the risk. It's like holding on to this false perceived sense of control when really that actually doesn't control how things would go if for some reason you weren't to succeed in the role. So that is another reason why it can feel uncomfortable to ask for a promotion because your mind fears that you'll get it and then fail in it. So you definitely want to lay low, right? Here are the other two, 
And these are the ones that are central to today's episode. So the other two reasons why it can feel icky to advocate for a promotion is fear of showing the vulnerability of of desiring something. Wanting something, especially wanting something that's bigger than who you are or what you have right now, it's really vulnerable. It's like you're sort of admitting that you want this growth and maybe like you have a few steps that you need to accomplish before the growth happens. It's like you're showing someone this scary internal desire that you have. It's super vulnerable. And I also think that as women, I don't think that um, desire is normalized for us. I, I think that we are socially and culturally conditioned to not desire. Our needs should be met at all times. We shouldn't want more, right? Whether that's in our career, whether that's in our personal lives, whether we want more time, even I think like it, it applies to our sexuality. I think that just like as women, this idea of like, oh, I'm wanting, I think it is shamed a little bit. And I I mean, I'm making massive generalizations, right? So please like know that these are generalizations and I'm acknowledging that because there's just simply too much nuance to fully get into this. But I think if we look as a whole, I think when it comes to men versus women, just that binary of men versus women, I think it is more normalized for men to have desires, goals, dreams. It's like, I even remember like, I had this one experience in my career where I was sitting with a a male coworker and they were like, here's how much money I want to make. And like, he had like a spreadsheet and like a whole (laughs) calculation of like his financial desires. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I can't believe you just like are comfortable like having this and like showing it to people. And I like just thought to myself, like, if I had a spreadsheet with like how much money I wanted to earn, I would feel so much shame if my coworkers ever saw it, let alone like show it to them at work. My mind was blown. And I feel like this story of this coworker who like had this spreadsheet with their financial desires in it is a really wonderful example of like, For him, it just felt normal. Like it felt okay. It's like, of course I want this. And for me as a woman to step out and share that desire felt like sinful, like awful, right? Like go back, like get small again. Like, no, like, ew, you can't do that. That was why I recorded my three-part episode series on building wealth in your corporate career because I feel like it's really not normalized for women to have desire, to have ambition. I think money is another area where it can feel really uncomfortable for women to connect with our desire around it and to own our ambition around it. And I think that's one of the reasons why asking for a promotion can feel so scary. And it's one of the reason why I don't have the statistic on this right in front of me, but I'm fairly certain of this statistic that men are much more vocal about expressing their desires, right? The men much more of them have the spreadsheets with their financial goals and dreams. And we're here like freaking out in our heads and like spiraling down in our perfectionism and in some of our mental habits that have become so familiar to us throughout our lives, right? So it's that fear of desiring 
And the last one on the list, and this is really what I'm diving into in this episode, is the fear of asking for something that is selfish, that represents you getting something and you not giving something in return. I think, again, as women, we are conditioned to give, to offer, not to take. And I think there's a little bit of shame associated with like taking, right? And like, like meeting our own freaking needs. I know for myself and even so many of my female friends, and I'm in my mid 30s, right? We have conversations about this, how we struggle to let people down, like when we need to say no to plans or just carve out time and space and focus for ourselves. It's like this this skill that we've had to really deliberately work on cultivating for us to say like, I have a need right now and so I can't, I can't offer you this other thing can feel incredibly, incredibly difficult. And I think as women, so many of us are not only and like afraid, ashamed, like feel like we can't express our needs and say, I want this thing for me. But because we've gone through our whole lives without doing that, we are also just straight up disconnected from our needs. When we don't ask for what we want, I think we start to get very disconnected from what we want. We start to forget what we want because we haven't been asking for it. It's sort of like during the pandemic, I forgot how to dress myself because for so many months, I just wore like random comfy pants and whatever like random shirt. And then because I hadn't been choosing what to wear, I like kind of forgot what kind of clothes I like, right? And like, what kind of pants do I even like? Because I wasn't exercising the muscle of like, what am I going to wear today? And I think it's similar with our needs and being selfish and having desires and expressing our needs is like, when we just get used to muting them and not expressing them, we get out of touch with what they even are. And I think asking for a promotion can feel very edgy and scary because it's not just, okay, I'm interested in this promotion. It's saying, me, I want a thing. I want a thing, give me a thing. And I think that is a wildly important thing to do. And at the same time, wildly challenging and uncomfortable, particularly for women. And what I'm going to be sharing with you in this episode is the idea that when it comes to asking for a promotion, it's important to notice if your mind thinks you're asking for something without giving in return, because actually when you're asking for a promotion, and this also applies to job interviews, when you're asking for someone to hire you into a role, when there's a role that you're asking for, you aren't just asking, you will be giving, you will be offering value in the role. It is not a one-way exchange. So that's what I'm going to be sharing in this episode. But what I want to emphasize before I get into that is that you are also just straight up allowed to want things, right? So I don't want the message from this episode to be like, as women, we are not allowed to want things, but don't worry when you ask for a promotion, really, you're going to give so much value to your company that you're not really like taking so much. So like, it's all cool. Like, I don't want the message of this episode to be that like, you're allowed to ask for a promotion because you're not truly taking, you're going to be giving more than you're taking, which is one of the messages of this episode. It's subtle, right? Like what I'm saying is that when you realize that you getting promoted is not just you taking, it's you giving it makes it easier for you to ask for it and get what you want. So I'm not advocating for us as women to give, 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 give and make sure we never take. 
But I am advocating for us to hack our mindsets in ways that help us take scary action and break old patterns. And this is a hack that really helps. And of course, I think give and take dynamics are beautiful. I think it's beautiful when we can find places where we benefit and other people benefit. That's incredible. But I just don't want that message to get interpreted as like, I'm kind of getting on board with these ideas in in our culture that tell us like we can't ever ask for something unless we're giving so much in return, because I think this episode could be easily confused for that message. And so I wanted to clarify that outright. So I'm sharing this with you as like a means to an end of like, when you ask for promotion, you're not just taking, you're giving. However, that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to take and that taking is bad, right? So that's kind of what I wanted to share. So here's what I want to lay for you as a foundation for us to dive deep into this together. I'm going to use as my example for today's episode, Serena Williams. Serena Williams is a wildly talented, wildly well-known tennis player. She is in a period in her career where she's less active in her tennis playing, although I've done a little bit of research and she's been sharing that she's not quote unquote fully like retired from tennis, but that she's focusing her efforts on other things right now. But regardless, she's a wildly talented, wildly inspirational tennis player. I am personally like very inspired. I tend to be very inspired by women who are just like have very powerful presences. And I, I tend to be inspired by women who are like very strong, right? So women like Serena Williams, I always gravitate towards. So using her as our example for today. But I just want you to imagine a fictional scenario where Serena Williams works for a tennis company teaching tennis lessons and they staff her to teach the beginners tennis lessons. Now, if Serena Williams, and again, this is not a scenario that would actually happen, but I'm using it for learning purposes. If Serena Williams decides, I want to be promoted from teaching beginner tennis to teaching advanced tennis, so I'm going to have a conversation with my manager at this tennis corporation and and say that I'm interested in this promotion. If Serena says, hey, I'd like to be promoted and I want to teach the harder classes, If her company is paying attention, they're going to be like, oh, yes, yes, let's definitely promote you, right? Because it is inefficient for them to keep someone so talented as her teaching these beginner tennis classes. She should be teaching the advanced tennis classes because that utilizes the full extent of her skill set. So even though she's benefiting from the promotion, let's assume she gets better pay, she gets cooler projects, et cetera, et cetera. Even though she's for sure benefiting from that promotion, her company's benefiting too. So they're not going to be like, no, we're not going to promote you because like that's bad for us. They're going to be like, yes, we are going to promote you because we need your talent teaching the hardest tennis classes, like, of course, right? So the reason that I share this example is to introduce the idea that companies benefit when strong leaders are in leadership roles. So when you perform at a high level and when you have strong leadership, your company is better off when you are in a higher leadership position. This is very important to understand because our minds, when we ask for promotion, our minds will go to, I am asking for something for me. However, if you ran the company and a talented employee who had very sophisticated leadership skills wanted a promotion, you would selfishly 
probably want to find a place to put that person in the company so that they're using those leadership skills to create tons of value and incredible results and outcomes at the company. So when you're a good leader, being promoted benefits your company. And in fact, we're not going to get into this in detail in this episode, but in fact, that's literally how you advocate for a promotion is by showing your manager, showing your company, showing leadership at your company, how you moving into the role is going to benefit them, right? So if you're wanting to influence for a promotion, you are not going to focus on all the ways that it benefits you. You're going to be like, here are all the things that will happen as a result of me moving into this position. But I think as soon as we imagine asking for a promotion, we don't think about how it could benefit the company. We just notice that we're asking for something and I think it triggers some of that shame around taking up space, asking, having needs, having desires. So what I want to offer to you is that it can create more value for your company than it creates for you. Now I know I know what you might be thinking. I have a very strong hunch that I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking that this all sounds fine and dandy, but you're like, Jess, you're making an assumption that I'm going to succeed in the role and add a ton of value. And I'm so scared that I'm not going to succeed in the role and add a ton of value. So it does feel selfish. Now, what I want to offer is that this question of like, am I going to be able to add enough value in the role to really feel like I'm actually giving to my company as much as I'm getting. This question, you must learn to explore and answer that question for yourself if you want to get good at advocating for promotions and good at job interviews. Because the thing that makes you good at both of those is when internally you see that full picture and it clicks in your mind in terms of how it will benefit the company, because then that's when it goes from having a weird, scary, icky conversation where you feel like you're lying about your skills to you sharing your truth, sharing what's in your heart about the value that you can add and create in that role or in that promotion. So I want to talk about one of the biggest things that will help you slowly wiggle out of the mindset of like, but I'm not going to add a lot of value and into the mindset where you can see that you will add value. And the first thing that we have to talk about is perfectionism and this idea that I only add value if I'm very good at all of the things. If there are a hundred different things that I do in this role, I have to be good at a hundred out of a hundred. And if there are one or two things that are hard for me, I can't possibly add value. And that's just not true right? That is just not true. I will link below an episode where I talk about the fact that even the best performers, the best athletes, the people who are strongest in their field, they all have weak spots. There is no such thing as someone who's good at 100 out of 100. Everyone has vulnerabilities. So that is another thought error, an error in thinking, an illogical group of thoughts and beliefs that feel really real. And that also in and of itself could be an entire podcast episode. But what I really want to get to in today's episode is something that I work through quite a bit with my clients because I find it is one of the most impactful mindset shifts to work on. And that is this idea 
that whether you add value for the company in the role is not outside of your control. I really want you to stop and answer this question. Who controls, who decides how much value I create and I add in the role? There are only two ways to answer that question. Either the answer is me, I decide, or the answer is outside of me. I don't decide, I don't influence it, it is outside of me. If it is outside of us, we are screwed to the max, right? Because it means that there's nothing we can do. Now, I happen to know that it is not outside of us, but when we think it's outside of us, when we think that we don't control our own success, and I I actually don't wanna use the word control, I wanna use the word influence. When we think that our choices and our actions don't impact and influence our likelihood of success, to be really precise with my language, then we are completely at the mercy of factors around us in our career. And no wonder it feels terrifying to step up into a new role because it's like we're playing Russian roulette, right? (laughs) Like I'm gonna get in this role and maybe I'll succeed and maybe I'll fail, but like there's nothing I can do to impact that. It's literally like I'm gambling in a Vegas casino playing a game of pure chance. Now, luckily this isn't true. And luckily the answer is somewhere in the middle It's not that we have no control over how we do in a role, and it's not that we have 500% control of how we do in a role, but it's that we are, we have a certain degree of control and it's way more closer to like 100%. I don't know why I said 500%, but it's way more closer to 100% than it is to 0%. And imposter syndrome relies on this supporting belief that we don't control our own performance, or sorry, I, I don't wanna use the, the word control, it's not useful in this context, it's too, it's too black and white of a word, that we don't impact and influence our own performance. So what I wanna offer is that your work in this is to work on the belief that you decide how you will perform in the role. Right. So that that question of like, but will I succeed? How will it go? The person who has the most power to impact and influence the answer to that question is you. While you might not, quote unquote, control it 100 percent, if we took all the people and we looked around and we said, who's the person who has the most power to impact and influence? Who's the most in control? That person is you. And it is so important to notice where you don't believe it's you, where you believe it's outside of you, because that is a belief that you're going to want to work on to help not only advocate for roles and positions that you want, knowing that you control your success in that role, but also to help slowly dismantle and unhook the grip of imposter syndrome. Now, if you're thinking that this makes sense and you want to adopt this belief that you make that decision, I want to offer you some of the things that I tend to work with my clients on to help them shift their beliefs and see that, in fact, they are in the driver's seat when it comes to the likelihood of their success. So here are some of the things that you can do and beliefs that you can adopt to help you build this perspective. Number one, you decide that right now 
I am growing and practicing the leadership skills that I know I will need to succeed in this promotion. So rather than being in a place of like, it feels overwhelming and I don't know what to do and what if I'm not good enough, you say, ah, I'm going to get good enough. Just like I would decide I'm going to learn a language, I'm going to master a new sport, I'm going to take on a new hobby, you decide I'm going to enhance my skill set so that when I'm sitting down having that conversation with my manager, I'm feeling good about myself. Because not only am I enhancing my skill set, growing my leadership skills, but I'm actually reinforcing within my mind that I make these decisions. I impact and influence what happens when I'm in this position in the future. So the first way is by taking a proactive focus and dedication to growing your skills now using the comfort that you have in your current position. It's not a promotion. It's not something that you're doing for the first time. Using that as a comfortable baseline to build these bigger leadership skills that you're going to need to succeed in the role. And I will do an entire future episode on like what some of those leadership skills are. So you'll hear more on that as well. The other one, this one is so easy for my clients to get on board with. Like If I'm working with a client and they are really resisting this idea that they can impact and influence their own success, as soon as as we talk about this, they start to get on board with me. I will often ask a client when they're like, let's say, prepping for an interview or prepping to like pitch themselves for a role or a promo and they're feeling the imposter syndrome, I will ask them, when you get into this role, like if they offer you this role, are you going to show up for it? Are you going to show up? Are you going to put in the effort? Are you going to give it 100%? Or are you going to kind of like slack and not give it your all? And they're like, of course, I'm going to give it my all. And so then I'm like, well, why can't we lean on that? Right. It's like you're so freaking confident that you are going to show up for it. So sure, maybe you have fears and securities, imposter syndrome about these other pieces. But when I ask you, are you going to show up for the thing? You're like, hell yes. Right. So I want you to channel that, too. When it comes to self-advocacy, are you going to give it your all? Are you going to show up? Are you going to freaking try? Yes. Do you know how valuable that is for your company that you are going to freaking show the F up? That is more valuable for them than if you feel confident all the time, if you're super charismatic, extroverted, funny, charming, like all the things you might think you need to be. Guarantee if you were like, I'm getting it done, (laughs) that is way more valuable for your company. And that is way more influential when it comes to your success in the role. That is at the core of leadership, right? I'm going to be talking more about leadership in future podcast episodes. That's at the core of all of it is I'm going to get it done. We are going to get it done. So that's the second thing that you can work on is like this idea of like showing yourself that you will get it done and leaning into the belief of how determined you are. And often with my clients, that also gets into resourcefulness, right? If you get stuck, are you going to try to figure it out and get unstuck? And they're like, yes, of course I am, right? And I think we forget, we forget how capable we are. We forget how determined we are. The imposter syndrome is like a fog and we become totally disconnected from the fact that we bring so much effort, so much heart, so much grit, so much resilience into the work that we do, we forget that. And so I want you to try to connect with that when you think about advocating for a promotion and wanting it to not feel icky. The other piece that I'm going to wrap this up with, well, there's two more things. The first is you can decide my goal for when I'm in this promotion is to give more than I receive. 
My goal is to create more value for the company than they're giving me in the form of salary. My goal, I'm going to go into this with that determination and then I'm going to figure out how to make that happen. So you're going into this promotion conversation not thinking, oh, I'm just like asking for a thing. You're going in thinking, no, no, no. I'm asking for a thing, but don't you worry. (laughs) When I get there, I have plans to make sure that I'm going to be giving way more value than I'm receiving. And you wouldn't directly say that in your manager conversation. So let me be clear. You wouldn't say, hey, manager, I want to be promoted. Here's why I'm going to give much more value than I get in the form of salary. No, you want to be way more specific in terms of like, okay, how will you do that? What will that look like? But in terms of your internal mindset, that's where you want your mindset to be of like, of course, asking for promotion doesn't feel icky because when I get there, I'm going to be figuring out how I make it better for them than I do for me. So there's nothing icky about what I'm asking for. Now, The last thing that I want to share with you to wrap up today's episode, as you can see, I'm getting very excited, is you can experience imposter syndrome and doubt and still choose all these things, right? Like, so you don't need your imposter syndrome to go away before you can take this episode, let it sink in and be like, yes, I want to shift my perspective, right? Now, that doesn't mean that your perspective is going to shift right away and all of a sudden you're just going to always see things through my eyes and Advocating for promotion will always feel easy and you're never going to feel imposter syndrome. But what I want to point out is that we can make whatever decisions we want, regardless of whether our mindset and our confidence is there. We can still say, I decide that this perspective, Jess's perspective, is the perspective that I want to adopt. I might have to do some work until that perspective feels natural, but I get to decide right now in this moment. Do I want to hold on to my existing perspective or do I want to put a stake in the ground and say time to change? And it's those decisions that you make where you're like, oh, I want to change it. Those are the seeds of your change. And that's the thing that gets you on the path to questioning your beliefs and slowly leading into new beliefs and the behaviors that go with them. And that slow leaning into new beliefs and new behaviors You're going to do that while you have the imposter syndrome, the insecurity, the fear, the imposter syndrome, the doubt. It's not that it's going to go away and then all of a sudden you're going to implement everything that I'm sharing in this episode. It's going to be present and you're going to be like, screw it. I'm doing it anyway, (laughs) right? If I could share one message with you all, I would say just learn to say, screw it, I'm doing it anyway, because that is how growth happens. And what keeps us stuck is expecting that it should be neat and clean and the doubt should go away before we embark on the mindset journey and before we take up the space. Right now, I'm just setting your expectations. When you grow, when you're dismantling imposter syndrome, when you're taking up space, when you're advocating for promotion, it is going to feel very messy and is going to feel like you're doing it in the wrong order. <laughs> Your mind is going to want you to feel confident first and then go do it. And if, if it feels backwards and if it feels like you're doing it wrong, that means you're doing it right. So I just want to offer to you that everything I'm sharing with you in this episode is yours for the taking right now. You might not be able to fully adopt the belief and change your entire internal belief system in the span of a 50-minute podcast episode, but you can decide that that's the journey that you're on, and you can decide that you, whenever you have the option, are going to choose to come back to that path and back to that journey and take the actions of that version of you, because ultimately that is what is going to help you achieve the change 
And that is what is going to help you build the career that you desire. (laughs) This is my longest podcast episode ever. This, I have broken the record, everyone. We are at almost 50 minutes. And so I'm going to wrap up here. There's so much good stuff in this episode. You honestly might want to save it and listen again later, especially if you're coming towards a merit cycle. And I'm also going to link in the show notes a couple of related episodes that have a bit more foundational information on advocating for promotions, because this is like a little bit more of like a more advanced mindset topic. And when it comes to advocating for a promotion, there's a lot of foundational pieces that are very helpful. I will be recording more episodes on this to continue to support you with this. And before I log off, I want to invite you to say hi to me on Instagram. That is like my very active platform outside of the podcast and my email newsletter. And in fact, in the show notes, I'm going to share all the ways you can stay in touch with me. So you can come hang out with me on Instagram. You can sign up to receive my weekly newsletter, which is awesome. And the women who receive it love it. So I think that you will love it too. And I'm also gonna link a page on my website called Free Resources, where I have free video courses, a free ebook, so many tools to support you in your professional journey. So if you wanna go deeper, head over to the show notes and you can see what I have there. Please come join me in those communities. I would love to have you. Thank you for tuning in. If you made it to the end of this episode, you were already on the right path. I can guarantee you that much. It is such an honor to have you here, to have you part of this community, and I will catch you next week. Bye.